As a person with a very deep voice, I'm hired all the time for advertising campaigns. But a deep voice doesn't sell B2B. And advertising on the wrong platform doesn't sell B2B either. That's why if you're a B2B marketer, you should use LinkedIn ads. LinkedIn has the targeting capabilities to help you reach the world's largest professional audience. That's right. Over 70 million decision makers all in one place. All the big wigs, then medium wigs. Also small wigs who are on the path to becoming big wigs. Okay, that's enough about wigs. LinkedIn ads allows you to focus on getting your B2B message to the right people. So, does that mean you should use ads on LinkedIn instead of hiring me, the man with the deepest voice in the world? Yes. Yes, it does. Get started today and see why LinkedIn is the place to be to be. We'll even give you a $100 credit on your next campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash results to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash results. Terms and conditions apply. The Big Red Bench. Saturday and Sunday from 6 p.m. Cork's Red FM. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Glad you could join us for the Big Red Bench on this Saturday evening. Rory here with you until 7 p.m. We'll be joined on the line by Kieran O'Regan. We'll be reporting on Cork versus Leash. He is currently in sample statements. Looking good for the Rebels at the moment. 37 minutes on the clock. It's Cork with a healthy lead. one thirteen to 7 points. That's how it stands as the Rebels look to work their place in the Super 8s. Also on the show tonight, we are going to have reaction from Cork City's draw with Bohemians last night. A much improved performance from the defeat to Derry City last week, it has to be said. We're also going to talk golf. We'll hear from the leader, Robert Rock. An incredible round of six. 60 for him today, sees him top of the leaderboard. Going to hear from the under-20s as well after their win over Limerick. And we're going to talk about the Women's World Cup final all the way between now and seven on the bench. Delighted you could join us on this Saturday evening. It is looking good for the Rebels. Going to get Kieran on the line and just see how it's going. Uh, but uh, looking good as Cork look to book their place. They lead by 10 points now, 114 to 7 points is how it stands. Brian Hurley with the latest points there for the Rebels. And Kieran looking good for Cork at the moment. Yeah, and just as you join us, Brian Hurley has just got Cork's second goal. An absolutely fantastic uh, ball over from James Lockery over from the uh, sideline. But uh, there's about six and a half minutes gone so far. It's Cork 214, leash seven points. But a fantastic start to this half from Cork. Uh, Killian O'Hanlon, who we mentioned earlier on, uh, went off injured earlier on in the game. He's gone very bad concussion, we believe. Um, and he is going to miss next week if... Uh, Cork do get through today we've uh, been told he will probably be missing it's a very bad concussion so uh, hopefully he gets well soon also Luke Connolly replaced by Paul Ger- Kerrigan uh, in the second half and, and Kerrigan with his first touch in the second half set up Brian Hurley for his first goal of the day which he had been threatening for the uh, whole game hitting the crossbar twice uh, getting two points he's really on form today as well Brian Hurley but getting the second goal and uh, just Cork really driving on in this game so far with uh, 42 and a half gone Roar yeah, first half Cork went in, I suppose it was a five points up at the break, so it looked uh, like a closer game in the first half. What's gone right for Cork in the second? Yeah, close uh, first half, uh, very close first half, and, and uh, Leaf started very well as well, but uh, Cork have just really come out. Uh, Cork started to get the better, we'll say, towards the end of the first half, and this really 
start of the second half way 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 better um, they're really on top Elite kind of has drifted off uh, so far in Cork on the, the attack again now um, that's going to be a line ball to Leash now but uh, yeah they've really come out uh, even though first half but uh, Cork really driving on the second half already this will be a big uh, confidence boost now Kieran heading into the Super 8s as well well we won't get that <laughs> I'm not that confident yet <laughs> yeah look it's just, it lo- does look like Cork will be heading to the uh, Super 8s and, and Dublin next uh, Saturday night as well for a, a 7 o'clock throw in Crow Park uh, Black Hard actually as well here now for Cork number 6 that's Thomas Clancy from Clonakilty that's an off the ball incident um, that happened in the middle of the field there just a moment ago but uh, it should give the, the team a lot of confidence but again they played very well against Kerry Roar you know they, Kerry, they just came up against a, a better team and maybe drifted off with the last 10 minutes in that game and they're really proving now that they're back in the game uh, for lack of a better uh, phrase um, they're playing very very well uh, so far here today uh, Paul Guerin as we mentioned his first touch setting up a, a goal James Lockery knocking back the, the, the years you wouldn't think he is the age he is and Brian Hurley having the game of his life uh, I would say today a fantastic game but certainly lots of confidence going into uh, next week it's going to be a very 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 tough game obviously uh, against Dublin but you never really catch them on the hot first game of the Super 8 uh, their first game since the, the, the Leinster final uh, which they had a very one-sided game against Mead so you know, possibly possibly uh, could go well next week sorry Leash on the attack now could have got a goal there but uh, the referee has brought it back anyway for a free on the 13th so uh, it's 45 minutes gone it's Cork lead as you say should be in the Super 8 next week but still uh, about 25 minutes to, to go here uh, it's 2.15 to 7 points in favour of uh, the Rebels so far alright thanks back Tommy check in with you in uh, a couple of minutes that's Ciarán O'Regan there up at Simple Stadium it's looking like it's going to be a, a decent win for the Rebels barring a massive uh, leash comeback uh, 2.15 to 8 points is how it stands uh, at the moment so a 13 point lead for Cork with uh, 25 minutes on the clock. Also this afternoon uh, Tyrone and Cavan going head to head in their qualifiers. Uh, Tyrone 13 points, Cavan 4 points That's how it stands with 5 minutes played in the second half. Galway and Mayo will begin this evening as well. That uh, gets underway at 7pm at the Gaelic Grounds. In the Red FM Division 1 Hurling League just underway as well Sarsfields and Ballyhay going head to head in Camogie the reigning champions Cork have beaten Dublin 220 to 9 points in the All-Ireland Senior Camogie Championship uh, earlier on this afternoon uh, at Castle Road the Cork Intermediate side also facing Dublin today that's on the way since 5pm and uh, the latest score from there uh, with 42 minutes played it is Cork 2-9 Dublin 3 points so it looks like it's going to be uh, two wins uh, for the Cork teams over Dublin at the Women's World Cup today in the third fourth place playoff it has just finished uh, Sweden have uh, beaten England by two goals to one what was a very very good game uh, this afternoon and uh, we will hear from uh, Joanna Reardon a little bit later on as she will preview uh, the World Cup final between uh, Netherlands and the USA tomorrow uh, across channel football Chelsea midfielder Ruben Loftus-Cheek has signed a new five year deal the England international had started to become a regular in the first team of Stamford Bridge last season before injury put an early end to his campaign now what a day it's been for Robert Rock the 2009 runner up is the one to catch after day three of the Dubai Duty Free Irish Open the Englishman is 13 under par a 10 under par round of 60 in La Hinch which included 11 birdies it could have been a sub 60 as well his putt on 18 just going a couple of inches to the left but an incredible round so he's now one shot clear of the field uh, which uh, includes Rafa Cabrera Bayo and Eddie Pepperell on 12 under Xander Lombard on 11 under par Cormac Sharvin from County Down 
is on four under par or nine under par excuse me while uh, Robin Dawson a fantastic round from the Waterford man today he shot a six under par round of 64 to move to seven under so he's certainly in a conversation heading in to tomorrow Shane Lowry meanwhile finished today at two under par and he's hoping to end the tournament on a positive note tomorrow now now it's kind of try to achieve a good score tomorrow gain a bit of momentum going into Port Rush and I'll have a, f- a few days off tomorrow or next week but uh you know, maybe get for some games out in Port Marnock and some places around Dublin to get um, to keep the links golf going and uh, head up to Port Rush and see what I can do up there. And uh, Patrick Harrington, Seamus Power, both one under par after shooting rounds of 73 today. Elsewhere today at Wimbledon, French Open winner Raf Nadal strolling into the last 16 today with a straight set to win 6-2-6-3-6-2 over Joe Wilfried Songa this afternoon. Eight-time champion Roger Federer taking on Lucas Puy at the moment and uh, it's Federer who leads by two sets to love, 7-5-6-2. He's a game to love up in the third set. 23-time Grand Slam winner Serena Williams, women's world number one Ashley Barty, both advancing with straight sets wins today and the mixed doubles happening as well today uh, Serena Williams and Andy Murray are partnering for the uh, first time this evening so no confirmed time on that one the big story Wimbledon this week Corey Goff uh, she defeated Venus Williams earlier on in the week and produced a sensational comeback yesterday against Polona Herzog uh, to book her place in the next round she says she's glad to get through her latest battle well in this moment I just feel relieved that it's over but my parents were just telling me uh, to stay calm and stay focused because the tournament's not over yet I've been kind of celebrating the the night uh, after the matches and then the next day um, back to practice Ronald Algaris time the Crusaders has ended with another Super Rugby title they've beaten Argentina's Jauarez 19-3 in the final of Christchurch land a third successive crown he'll leave his role now as the backs coach at the Crusaders to become head coach at La Rochelle later on in the month the 106th Tour de France is underway the opening stage was a 194.5 kilometre trek starting and ending in Brussels Mike Tunison won today's stage beating Peter Sagan literally on the line had to go to a photo finish that's how close it was now uh, Tunison becomes the first First uh, Dutchman to claim the yellow jersey since 1989. The defending champion Grant Thomas was involved in a crash uh, later on, uh, but he says he is fine afterwards. And Ireland's Ewan McMahon and Finn Lynch have both reached the Gold Fleet final stage after six races in the Laser World Championship. Lynch is 50th place overall in the 156 boat Olympic qualifier event while McMahon improved to 41st place six races comprising the final round with five nation places to be allocated for Tokyo in 2020. All right, just to get you updated on the Cork and Leash score since we last uh, mentioned it, uh, Cork still 13 points clear, but it's uh, Cork 2.15, Leash 8 points is how it stands there at the moment. Go back to Kiran before uh, full time just to get a wrap up on that game. Hopefully hear from some of the Cork uh, team before we get out of here at 7 o'clock and Tyrone 14 points, Cavan 5 points is how things stand there in that game. Going to start the show with uh, football and Cork City with a nil-all draw last night against Bohemians but what was a much improved performance considering the 4-1 defeat that we had witnessed against Derry City last week at Turner's Cross. Joel Coustrain uh, making his debut for Cork City after signing uh, on loan from Shamrock Rovers. Looked decent. Marco Sullivan replaced him after an hour. Uh, Mark, he certainly put himself about great to have Marco Sullivan back in Cork City colours and uh, no doubt he will score goals and create space for his teammates in the coming weeks. Uh, Colm was uh, at the match and uh, he spoke to Cork City first team head coach John Cotter. 
is with me uh, John it was a big big improvement wasn't it it was I thought we were outstanding tonight to be fair and everything look that we've asked the players over the last seven days after last week they've given every bit of it and um, that's all everyone in this city and this club asked for is a lot of passion commitment and effort and, and to be fair they gave an abundance tonight and I think the crowd responded to that as well you asked last week, as you said, we were standing in the exact same place after the defeat to Derry and you were questioning the hunger and the, the kind of passion of the players. They really responded to that and they really upped the game this week, didn't they? Oh, they did. I thought they were outstanding, to be honest, and that's to a man. That's the subs included that came on. And look, as I said, that's all this club asks for and this city deserves. And, um, and they've been doing that for years anyway. And I thought tonight was a back to the, a proper Cork City performance and on the front foot and being aggressive and, and playing some good football as well at times. Uh, some great performances from a lot of players tonight uh, right across the team I mean uh, a lot of the more experienced players the Gareth Marcy had a great game in midfield uh, Conor McCarthy got man of the match with Carl Shepard leading the line up front played very very well Gary Buckley played okay um, Conor, McC- or, or Conor McCormick lots of guys there was really good performances all round wasn't there absolutely as I said that looked us to a man they were all outstanding they all gave absolutely everything they could and as I said that's all we have but these lads have been have been brilliant to be fair for this club and, and will continue to do so as long as they keep it in performance like that and, and the attitude and the hunger as you say and um, look, that's, it's positive going forward from this week um, probably disappointing not to win it I thought we had a few chances where probably fell to the wrong people poor yeah. Colm Horgan had two at the back post there but <laughs> maybe he needs a small bit of he's not used wo- to be up there is he? no but look he'll get a bit of work that way as well so look no doubt hopefully when, if another one falls him he'll take it would you agree that we were the better team? Absolutely. I thought we were. I thought we were outstanding. Um, thought we moved the ball well at times and we had a great shape as well. We looked solid and the uh, last two weeks, posit- or last two games, sorry, positives are uh, we've had two clean sheets and we didn't look like conceding in either game and that's all you can do, take the positives and um, I thought there were a lot of them tonight. There were two new signings. Uh, one started tonight, one came on. I want to reference Marco Sullivan first of all. The crowd were singing for him to come on from about half time, and he really kind of raised the atmosphere here. Obviously, he, he, we all know him from years with Cork City, and he's very popular at the club. He is, and look, I know exactly. I know Marky inside out, to be fair. I'd know him, I don't know, probably too long at this stage, but. Um, <laughs> He, yeah, we know exactly what he brings. He brings all, everything I've spoken about last week and this week and gives the whole place a lift and that's not just the, the crowd and the, I can totally understand why the crowd get a lift from him because the effort he puts in and he gives every player a lift as well and, and the supporters and the staff, I should say, and for a fellow who's not done anything for a few weeks, I thought he was outstanding when he came in. He got rightly stuck in, didn't he? He did, but sure, that's, that's Marky. That's, Marky for you, that's yeah. the way he plays, and but... He's a lot of quality too and I think a lot of people should take more note of that as well because he's not just a fellow who'll get stuck in. He'll do all that but Mark, he's got a lot of quality as well and he wouldn't have been playing at this level for so long if he didn't. And a good man to get a goal. Great lad, yeah, great man. So look, unfortunately tonight one probably didn't fall for him at one stage but um, look, as I said, he only played what, 25, 30 minutes tonight, so look, I've no doubt the more he plays, the better he'll get and um, give us another option. Obviously a friendly match as well on Monday night, but we look ahead beyond that to the European game now. We know the opponents after last night. It's Progress Nidercorn from Luxembourg. Do you know much about them, John? Yeah, look, we would have done a bit of work um, on both sides, obviously, over the last two weeks now nearly I suppose and um, look we'd have had them watched as well and we'd have watched videos of them and um, the, the preparation has started on that but look it's from tomorrow and we start feeding that preparation to, or that news uh, information to the players and um, get prepared for that I mean that performance tonight if you carry that in that's the kind of performance you want to see again next Thursday night isn't it I mean that, it needed a lift like that tonight going into the European game that's so important for the club Absolutely and look European nights have been brilliant here have, uh, they create a great buzz around the city and rightly so and that performance might give all the players a lift too, look. And there's actually players inside there who are disappointed, and I can understand why, because I thought we should have won the game. And um, hopefully we can bring that into Thursday, and the crowd as well were 
going home hopefully a lot happier as well and um, hopefully they bring their energy as well and we can get the crowd going as well that way Mentioning the crowd the atmosphere seemed a lot more positive tonight in general than a lot of games this season there's been a lot of negativity around especially last week and a few other games this season as well uh, amongst the crowd but it was real just full on support full on passion and it was very positive tonight It was absolutely and look that that's, some of that is down to the players to, to show that passion first and foremost and, and they did tonight and look that's all we ever ask them that's all this club deserves and that's all the staff ask of them is to give that and once you give that look this club is a very forgiving club that way for as you say the crowd going off tonight you swear after winning the game to be fair but that's, that, that's the crowd they are they've been absolutely outstanding and we need the crowd going forward and as long as the players can keep giving everything look I've no doubt the crowd will back the players to the hilt and that's what happened tonight and just finally John friendly Monday night against Preston North End as well um, is that a game that you're going to like obviously rest a lot of the first team guys ahead of Thursday yeah look it gives we have a lot of lads too who haven't played games in a while it's hard to give fellas games but two when you're probably under pressure to be winning games but um, yeah it's a great opportunity it's a good opportunity for some of our underage lads too the lads who've been doing well in the 19s to, to get some game time and um, obviously coming back home as well you have the likes of Sean McGuire Alan Brown Adam O'Reilly yeah. um, so look it'd be great to see these players here again as well that's Cork City first team head coach John Cotter there speaking uh, after last night's uh, nil-all draw with Bohemians. Um, a much improved performance. Um, I think everyone, as John mentioned, I'd say leaving Turners Cross was a lot happier uh, with the effort put forward by the, the Rebel Army last night. So good to see, good to see Marco Sullivan back and uh, friendly against Preston now on Monday night then Europe on Thursday. Cannot wait. All right, Cork has scored a third goal up in Semple Stadium. Kieran O'Regan can tell us who got it. Uh, I sure can, Rory. Yeah, fantastic goal from Mark Collins. It looked like Brian Hurley was going in for his third, but uh, he was probably running into a bit of trouble. Laid it off to Mark Collins, his clubmate from Castlehaven, who just came along beside him. Mark Collins slipped it in under the legs of the keeper as well. And uh, we've just had a yellow card as well for uh, Ian Maguire, Captain Ian Maguire. The possibility, uh, there was worry it could have been a red, which obviously would have put him out for next week and possibly the, the following week again. He's just got an injury to the back of the head and he's hit out at number eight. The two of them are at each other, but no, nothing there. That's okay. Uh, also, Rory Dean looked like he got injured, but he's back in play as well. Cork running back in towards the goals. It passes the 13. That's coming back out. Not sure who has the ball. He's gone for a shot and it's gone. In. Oh, it's just uh, come off the line. Sorry about that. Give you a bit of uh, expectation there. Sorry. Uh, almost another goal for Cork. But uh, they've kind of uh, been a sloppy defence. So I won't uh, lie. They've let Leash in through an awful lot. That goal that Leash have just got as well in the last few moments as well. Um, poor defence. Uh, ball, aimless ball kicked aimlessly. And uh, Leash got it, went in and got a, a you know a very easy goal off the back of it, which has left the score at the moment at 57 and a half minutes, 317 to 111. They're uh, on the attack again now, Leash. They're running in, they're on the 20, but running into trouble. They'll uh, have to take a shot from way back out here. Number 12 is running in through with that now. That's uh, Martin Scully, and he's uh, taking the score. He's got a point. No, that's gone wide. Um, so yeah it's, just, uh, it's, it's interesting because Leash have come out of Division 3 they're going to play in Division 2 next year Cork went down to Division 3 actually from Division 2 but there's a huge golfing class here between the two sides Leash uh, just not up to Cork standard Cork really really as we mentioned earlier on really really playing very well 
All right, Karen, cheers for having a check in with you in just uh, a little bit, uh, just before full time, but uh, Cork uh, certainly motoring along very, very nicely there. Uh, indeed, uh, latest score is uh, Cork 317, leash 111, so a 12 point lead for the Rebels with about 13 minutes to play. Meanwhile, uh, Tyrone leading Cavan at the moment, uh, 17 points to 5, 90 minutes played in the second half. And the uh, Liberty Insurance Intermediate Camogie Championship, uh, Cork, uh, leading Dublin 213 to 5 points with that 55 minutes played. All right, more from the uh, Cork City match uh, last night. Going to hear now from uh, Gerald Morris, who was also speaking to come. Yourself tonight, but a much improved performance from the team all over, really, compared to the last couple of weeks. Yeah, definitely. Um it's been a tough. It's been a tough period because obviously there's a transition, and um, you know we're working on things in training, and you know we're putting it in during the week. And sometimes, no matter what you do in training, it's games that you use to perfect it. And obviously, like you, you can't. Afford, you don't have the luxury of being like you, you need to win games. You know what I mean? So um, we've been working on a few things, and I think it's coming together nicely with uh, Cots and, and the lads. You know they're putting in a serious shift with us, and. Um, yeah, so we've, you know, clean sheet up in Harps and tough place to go. I felt we built on that again tonight, another clean sheet, um, played better, you know what I mean? We got on the ball, um, created chances, uh, and, you know, Bo's flying in the league at the moment, so um, they're, uh, it's no mean feat for them them coming down here and, you know, probably thinking that we're not, we're not at it or whatever, but... Um, it's good to make the, the cross a bit of a fortress, you know. The fans were um, thought the fans were brilliant again. It was like um, it was like the way it was in previous previous seasons. So uh, really positive, and I think I think we can just build on that now. I was just saying to John Calder, the atmosphere was amazing tonight. Um, it was like, as he said, it was like the last few years. Uh, that hadn't been seen at all, really, this season up to now. No, I felt that as well. I was like, at first half, you know, it was like it was cagey, you know, it was uh, yeah, it was cagey out and. But then as we, we got into it, end of the first half, into the second half, you really felt the conference build and, you know, it transpired into the, into the fans and they were, um, they were buzzing. And, uh, yeah, like you said, it was, um, it was like, it was like even parts of last season and yeah. previous seasons, uh, it was brilliant, you know. It was, it was like back to where, where it should be at the cross, you know. Big week ahead now, back in European football. Obviously, you've played in Europe for quite a few years now, and it's something that this club loves, and it's, we've done quite well in Europe over the years as well, uh, getting quite a few good results. So there's a lot at stake next week. There's a tie possibly against Rangers at stake. Financially, it'll be huge for the club to go through, so I'm sure all the players are mindful of that as well. Yeah, 100%. Um, you know, you, you get to take your, I suppose, your eye off the league for... Uh, for a couple of weeks with Europe and um, it's, a, it's a totally different thing you know you, it's tough to explain it <clears throat> even I suppose as fans watching it there's a totally different feel about it you know and it's, it's fantastic and, and like you said like there's just everything about it is uh, it's great the buzz the atmosphere going to different stadiums different countries uh, the build up to it and then you pick up a result along the way and you know the, it's, it's uh, fantastic and I suppose after building on Finn Harps tonight we're um, a friendly Preston on Monday we're building going into that game and uh, highly anticipating it and I think uh, you know we could make we could make a, a great season of it and I, I suppose uh, first and foremost a great summer of it you know it has been a disappointing season so far, but I mean, it could easily turn around. I mean, there's still Europe to come, there's still the FA Cup to come, and there's still league points to be played for. You know, that's that's it. Like, and that's the beauty of sport. Um, there's so many competitions. Even though we, we we haven't we haven't really clicked this season, uh, we've been putting in the hard yards. And like I said, um, 
we're building and I think we're getting there and like you said there's so much to play for so it's not as if like you're going into training thinking ah sure this is it like you know they, there's it's lackluster or anything we know there's so much to play for and there's, um, there's loads of silverware there and like you said like good European runs to be put in and um, I think it's fantastic you know so we're, uh, we're really looking forward to it I think it's the start of uh, could be the start of something brilliant again you know Yeah it's Gal Morrissey there speaking after the draw with uh, Bohemians last night really really looking forward to the, the clash with uh, Progress Niedercorn on Thursday night hopefully a big crowd at Turners Cross for that one um, European football Turners Cross sunny Thursday evening 99 on the way to the cross can't beat European football um, so fingers crossed Cork didn't get a result watched a bit of them um, against Cardiff Metropolitan University on Thursday um, the students winning the game 2-1 finished 2-all in aggregate uh, the Luxembourg side going uh um, into the next round on away goals didn't look up to much and uh, you'd fancy Cork to have a rattle off the Middle East on Thursday evening so fingers crossed we get a performance and uh, we're celebrating a, a famous European result on Thursday evening alright just to get you up to date on the uh, latest scores uh, from Thurless it is uh, Cork at 3.18 Leash 1.12 with 10 minutes left to play uh, Paul Kerrigan with Cork's latest score so Cork at 12 points up uh, Tyrone's the leading cabin 17 points to 5 and um, Cork uh, Camogie Intermediate uh, Championship taking on Dublin uh, down in Castle Road and it's uh, Cork lead 3.14 to 5 points with uh, 58 minutes on the clock there now a great result for the Cork under 20s during the week as they beat Limerick on Wednesday night's progress in the Munster under 21 hurling championship so they will now go into the semi-final they will face Clare on Wednesday night after the game Kieran spoke with manager Dennis Ring uh, thoughts after that win Look, we dug out a very good win at the end of the game. It was a very difficult game. Um, it was a tough physical game. Um, you know, a fair play to Limerick. They bought their A game and uh, they really put it up to us. Um, you know, I think we got penalised a lot. A lot of frees been given to Limerick and maybe we weren't overly happy with how some of that worked out. But um, from our perspective, our lads, our attitude was fantastic. They dug in. They showed a lot of composure. Got a great goal, which was needed. Evan went through and Shane followed up on it. We we got very good scores from play at that stage I think we were relying a lot I think if you look at the breakdown our scores from play were significantly more than those and that probably tells its own story too you know and listen Limerick came back out in the second half and they kind of started to get on top but Cork in fairness kind of got back to grips with it and, and, and drove back yeah yeah we found a way fellas dug in hard and they really wanted to get it to find a way and they did and fair play to them they, 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 their attitude is fantastic they're a fantastic bunch they're mature lads they got to Northern final two years ago so they know what it's like to be in difficult situations and, and you know we were in a difficult situation tonight and there were a number of times we pulled away and they came back to us but it shows a lot of maturity the way in which we held on to win there at the end um, Clare next, no, uh, next week I think it is uh, it'll be a tough game well on the basis of tonight you'd have Clare kind of favourites on that performance you know um, Clare played Galway uh, uh, in challenge matches recently and uh, Clare were vastly superior to Limerick in those matches and we must remember the four guys who played against Cork and, uh, in the senior um, a couple of weeks ago you Dermot Ryan uh, Aidan McCarthy, you'd, you'd Young Hayes, and you'd, you've um, Gary Cooney. They're guys with senior experience. We don't have as much as experience as them, so it's going to be really, really difficult. But look, it's a challenge. We want to be there. We're delighted to be there. If we do, 
where Anna wants to final so the prize is massive yeah. um, you said the, the other day that uh, Melrick was injured he came on today yeah. it's obviously very positive yeah. um, he, he, uh, delighted uh, to get game time into him because he's a fantastic young fella we need him and he's very important to us and we're absolutely over, over the moon he came in and made a big difference his pace and athleticism and his composure was really good his distribution of the ball was really good and he minded the ball for us at times when we needed to mind the ball and be sensible and not rush and panic and um, when fellas were panicking maybe a little bit around him and you can't buy that experience you know he was man of the match county final two years ago would you, that doesn't happen would you be worried about the opening couple of wides ahead in the first five minutes ah yeah look that's the first championship game and, uh, and nerves and so on and so forth their first few sidelines their first few puck holes went over the sideline as well you know that you're going to get that so I, I suppose it's a good benefit of having the match behind us you'd say that should stand to us next week yeah it's you know? Dennis Ring there speaking to Kieran after his uh, under 20 hurlers beat Limerick last Wednesday night uh, great great performance from the Rebels uh, they're now going to face Clare in the uh, Munster semi-final on Wednesday which I believe is in Porky Rin now Kieran also got a chance to uh, speak with Captain James Keating James must be uh, as captain of the team must be proud of uh, that win yeah it was a good honour now to get the captain <laughs> uh, we knew coming here tonight that Limerick would be a very tough game we just had, we knew we had to focus and be fight for the game yeah, yeah. No, and uh, there, was, there was a couple of wides there at the start were you worried at any set uh, no maybe we're a bit, we took a bit, a bit of time to settle alright maybe which is maybe a worry but no next week now we have to just focus and try to get our shooting right because yeah. we did create the opportunities it was a big thing as well like yeah. if we just take them now next week hopefully we can drive on yeah, and look that, that game next week against Clare is going to be um, I think your, your manager said Clare will be going in as favourites on the back of that performance but uh, it's going to be a very tough game yeah obviously we played them in a minor final two years ago but they're a totally different team now uh, we saw it was the four players playing with seniors that beat our seniors so they're going to be going for us now after that especially so we just have to focus so that we can get the rest and recovery in and hopefully drive it on again and listen uh, you came back out in the second half Limerick really came at you um, I think they kind of took control at the, the start of the second half but you came back into it so you didn't leave them get on top of you either yeah maybe was, there's a lot of experience in this team now from that minor year uh, we know now if teams get a run with just slow thing down calm we, we know we have the players and just to relax the whole thing and try to get back on top again Yes, Cork captain James Keating there speaking after the win over Limerick uh, last Wednesday evening and Clare and Park are in now next Wednesday night for the semi-final so best of luck to the Rebels in that game we'll have reaction uh, on that uh, coming up uh, next week as well Kieran will be down at the game on Wednesday night and uh, Lee have us updated as well on our Twitter page at Big Red Bench got a text into the show just saying uh, if we give a mention to the Irish women ultimate frisbee team who've just become European champions over in Hungary today a lot of Cork girls on the team and it's the biggest achievement so far for Ireland so Congratulations uh, to the Irish Women Ultimate Frisbee team with that win today. And that text came in from uh, Carolina. All right, uh, we are going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to talk about the Women's World Cup. Miss the show? Grab the Big Red Bench podcast at redfm.ie. Big Red Bench. All right, delighted you could join us for the Big Red Bench on this Saturday evening. Uh, we'll go back to Kieran Cork have gotten a fourth goal. And who's gotten a care? Yeah, no, yeah, fourth goal there. Um, I'm after putting away my notes. <laughs> but, uh, we're in injury time. But uh, who got it was actually Paul Kerrigan uh, laid off from Michael Hurley. Michael Hurley could have actually gone in through himself. He was through himself and uh, could have got it on the score sheet. But instead, laid it off to Paul Kerrigan, who put it into the corner of the net. And uh, no chance for the leash goalkeeper, Graham Brody. So, uh, yeah, Cork kind of eased up a small bit uh, in the last 10 minutes. Uh, left leash back into it. And they, 
they, well, at least didn't make a whole pile of use of it, but they uh, they have uh, played a small bit better in that time, but then there's been a lot of subs, so the, the, the shape of the game has changed uh, ever so slightly as well, I suppose, with players trying to press and uh, that as well but uh, kind of the life kind of went out of the game about 10-15 minutes ago when Cork went so far ahead it's 4-18 to 1-15 at the moment that's a my maths are never good Roar, but that's 12 points uh, lead for Cork at the moment yeah very good, good <laughs> um, that's why I married a maths teacher um, <laughs> but uh, yeah it's just uh, one way traffic here at the, uh, the moment now with Cork just winding on the clock passing the ball uh, over and back interestingly actually uh, there's a rule John Horn has uh, or is looking to bring in a rule where you can pass the ball back to the goalkeeper both goalkeepers have made complete use of that rule uh, today or well, the lack of the rule um, and they've uh, used it a lot they've come out field leash keepers come out field an awful lot there's been a point for Cork and that's Stephen Sherlock number 26 from the St. Finbar's Club a score just inside the 45 metre line another score for Cork that's 13 point lead now for Cork with 2 minutes left of injury time goes 5 signalled that's uh, due to all the subs as well but uh, life kind of got out of this for yeah. uh, you know um, even just here now Leash just dropping the ball out of their hands luckily he's got it again Paul Carrigan couldn't get to it but uh, Leash are on the attack now but uh, I can't see it uh, getting, getting much out of it but Cork very uh, positive performance from them but still lots to work on in the sense I think they left a lot of uh, players from Leash through a lot of those scores could have been uh, preventable that they got the 115 a lot of them coming from freeze as well uh, Cork only having three or four wides as well in the whole game which is uh, another positive aspect of their performance today as well but uh, lots, uh, lots of positivity going into next week's game against uh, Dublin I think it's uh, confident enough to say that now with a minute left um, but an awful lot to work on at the same time the, the defence if they don't work on uh, the things that Leash has uh, got through then they're going to be really open through like Cork have just opened through the Leash defence Paul Kerrigan went through again but it's saved by the week's goalkeeper Graham Brody it's gone out for a 45 Paul Kerrigan Kerrigan looking for his uh, second goal of the day but he didn't get it Graham stopped him it's a 45 now uh, with about 30 seconds left here um, but yeah lots of work on still in defence for I would say going into this Dublin game because uh, Dublin will open them apart they played them in a challenge match earlier this year and it was uh, I think Cork won it but it was against a mid-strength uh, Dublin team I suppose you could call them the second Dublin team um, they'll have to do a lot more than uh, that game anyway to, to beat this Dublin team next week but uh, lots of uh, positivity to look forward to especially for the fans you know this game isn't on TV so they'll only probably get highlights of it but um, a lot of positive play from Cork a few injuries to worry about Killian Hedl obviously as we mentioned he's definitely missing next week Rory Dean came off injured as well something wrong with his hand we believe and uh, Ian Maguire he just looked absolutely uh, wrecked uh, there and he he was brought off a good idea as well because he was on a yellow and uh, possibly could have done something to get another yellow match has just gone full time Stephen Sherlock just scored a, that 45 as well so uh, 420 to 115 but Cork have beaten Leash here in Thurles and they're heading for the Super 8 uh, next week up in Crow Park and uh, a fantastic uh, performance still things to work on but a great performance from Cork overall uh, full time here in Templeton Cork 420 Leash 115 Alright thanks for that Kieran. I can leave Kieran uh, run down to the pitch there now and get some uh, post-match reaction hopefully we'll get to you by, uh, by before 7 o'clock but if we 
don't, we'll have it on tomorrow evening show from 6pm. Uh, elsewhere in the other qualifiers that's happening at the moment, uh, Tyrone uh, very, very comfortable indeed against Cavan, 120 to 6 points. That game is approaching full time. And I finished at uh, Church Road, or, or Castle Road, excuse me. Um, the uh, Cork Intermediates have beaten Dublin. 314 to 6 points in that uh, All-Ireland Intermediate Championship clash uh, this afternoon and um, yeah, we'll have reaction from the uh, the Cork and Leash game hopefully as I said before 7 o'clock but it might be a little bit tight so it'll be on tomorrow evening show from 6pm. Now of course the, the Women's World Cup final taking place tomorrow evening or uh, tomorrow afternoon as uh, the USA and uh, Netherlands go head to head and what should be a, a cracking game 4 o'clock is the kickoff time uh, for that one so it should be uh, hopefully uh, a great end to what has been an excellent tournament our uh, Big Red Bench reporter Joanna Reardon has been following the, uh, the World Cup very very closely indeed and Joanne called into studio today to talk about it Okay, we're joined in studio by our good friend John O'Reardon. John, how are you? I'm all right. How are you? All right? I'm not too bad. Um, we're here to talk about the the Women's World Cup final. It's been crazy. Uh, how much have you enjoyed the tournament? I've literally been loving every single minute of the tournament. Like, obviously, some games are a little bit astray. Mm. Like that USA Thailand game is like you know Spain Tahiti kind of vibes, yeah. you know, which I think we all can expect. But kind of coming towards the end when we were seeing like you know USA against France, USA against England, you know Netherlands and Sweden, you know different games like that, we were seeing top teams coming mm. against each other and I think everyone kind of saw the talent that was there in the women's game yeah because standard wise like you know the, the standard is really really high it's definitely got up like I was watching it I remember in 2015 when I was in Canada and I remember staying up until like 2-3 o'clock in the morning watching on Eurosport mm. and now that I can actually just flick on you know like Sky or like RTE and it's like there in front of me you know um, it's amazing but no I mean the standard has gone up big time like USA like they didn't necessarily walk it in 2015 but they didn't have it easy but now they certainly don't have it easy like I mean they have kind of semi-struggled against the top teams this year um, viewership wise as well it's done crazy business I saw the BBC tweeting out sort of like 18 million people watch the, the semi-final or something like that so it's really captured the imagination it's insane and even in the Netherlands I think it had over 75% of the market um, for that night and that was 11 12 o'clock at night when they were playing in, playing on so mm. uh, it's been unreal Like, and even uh, my brother actually he's just over from Sweden and uh, he was in a pub and uh, they wanted a flick from Love Island to the Women's World Cup <laughs> that showed you how big it is this is like I've never seen this in my whole entire life but uh, it's just shows that actually people were sitting in the pub gleefully watching it even though that game wasn't that great but uh, yeah it's been unreal and you know the top players are actually standing out as well and that's a big thing as well um as you said, America facing or the USA facing Netherlands tomorrow. Um, Netherlands maybe a bit of a surprise package going into this and getting to the final. I think if people didn't really tune into 2017 during the Euros, people wouldn't be. Uh, people are surprised, I suppose, mm. by the Netherlands and rightly so. Like they won the Euros in their home country, um, and that was a bit of a surprise. But they had the backing of their of their home supporters, so people thought you know it was just a one off yeah. kind of a thing. And then you had Lika Martins winning the, I suppose the the women's equivalent to the Ballon d'Or and you know they were kind of they were up there and like they have some really top players you know you've got Miedema you've got Danielle van der Donk who's absolutely amazing this season um, and Lika as well who's quite good some of their top top players aren't playing as well as what they should van der Sanden she's been benched a couple of times because she's just not there but uh, they have the talent it's whether they can I suppose pull it together into a team performance is what yeah. we're looking for and the USA going into this as the holders as the favourites and they've kind of met all the expectations they have I think um, the France game a co- or the Spain game sorry a couple of people were disappointed with how they played 
they, everyone felt that Spain kind of outclassed them kind of in bits but I think playing Spain you know you're not going to see yeah. the ball and then in France they just turned it up completely like they knew what they were going for and then against England they I think they grounded out like proper professionals they're very good at slowing the game down they were so good I think Alex Morgan was what slowing it down with eight, <laughs> on the 85th minute you know we're like Jesus Alex um, but they're, prof- they're proper professionals like yeah. they know the game inside out like I mean what they've been there since 99 in the women's game so what, yeah. what do you expect you know you can see how frustrated England were getting though they were trying to get back into the game and then like the USA just slowed it down completely took the sting out of the tail I thought it was excellent it was very very good I mean it was what you'd expect from a top it was actually what you'd expect from a Jose Mourinho team because <laughs> yeah. he was at the France game but everyone was saying did he like phone into yeah. Jill was he like hey this is how you do it okay <laughs> one thing that's frustrated me about the games is the amount of um, VAR usage I think mm-hmm. it slows the game down massively what's your view on it? I think we are still probably struggling with VAR I suppose you know it's not really in the Premier League and it's not kind of in front of us all the time but I do think that the standard of refereeing it wasn't great at this Women's World Cup I do think in general the standard of the women's game isn't that great like we see stuff all the time mm-hmm. hearing I know Cork City the women's team they were denied a, an amazing goal for no apparent reason yeah. so the women's refereeing isn't as good as what it should be and then with VAR on top of it it's not helping and it's slowing down the game entirely like we mm-hmm. want a fast paced exciting game especially for the women's game like we want a good product on mainstream TV for everyone to understand what it's about mm-hmm. um, so yeah it's been a little bit disappointing but I think they've calmed down a little bit since I think the handball was what killed it entirely and yeah. offside I think it probably came out with Cameroon and the England game I think that's when everything actually blew up yeah. entirely um, but yeah it's been a little bit disappointing to see that that's kind of the narrative but I think the football is really on show now kind of quarterfinal semi-final now yeah, Megan Rapinoe has been the, the star of the show for mostly for her off comments <laughs> I think she's um, really kind of captured the imagination of the public she was injured last uh, in the England game was she, she didn't play yeah she hurt her hamstring she was opening yeah. the Macarena at halftime rather than warming up <laughs> but, uh, that's peak Megan Rapinoe like she's she's a, she's a star on and off the field you know she was the one of the only international I suppose players men or male or female who actually took a knee with Colin Kaepernick yeah. um, so you know she's always kind of been out there fighting for equ- equality and equal rights for LGBT and, and things like that so she's always been there and, I and she annoyed Donald Trump as well it doesn't have as whether she's purple hair like she's an <laughs> evident standout but uh, no she's a cool gal and um, you know from what I've heard as well like apparently the USA are, are backing her all the way mm. and I think everyone understands her stance but uh, yeah um, Are you expecting the USA to grind this out now tomorrow? I'm expecting that the Netherlands will bring like a fun technicality like I mean if you want to watch Johan Cruyff at its best like the mm. Netherlands women's team are doing it at the moment like they're they're well in their 70s kind of style of football um, but I think the USA will kind of grind it out eventually it just depends on how long the Netherlands can actually hold them really but if Miedema Mertens Van der Donk if they start taking control of the game then I think the USA might find themselves in mm. trouble because their back line is a little bit shaky like mm. Christos Dunn is not a left back Abby Dahlkamper she's this is her first World Cup her first major tournament actually so um, yeah you know they should test the back line and they should be confident kind of going in there there's a lot of hype about the England women's team um, semi-final I suppose that I suppose they wanted to go out and win the tournament but they were decent all the way through I guess yeah the the fun thing I suppose with the England women's national team my dad came in and he said wow sexism anti-British knows no sexism because you're cheering so hard against England here I was like I'm not um, but the girls they're, they're absolutely fantastic you know and they are opening the game but I think what we're seeing is that the WS which is their league isn't to the standard of international football therefore their players are finding it hard to, to compete over a month long period
period yeah. um, and this is the first time they've actually gone into a tournament with a full WSL behind them so they did kind of struggle I think fitness wise it kind of let them down I know they've been working really hard on that but I still think they have that little bit to go um, you know apparently was delighted because Phil Neville got knocked out just yeah. <laughs> uh, I've got to be not like Phil Neville I'm not a Phil Neville fan <laughs> he's the saviour of the women's game according to Phil Neville but uh, I was actually laughing I don't know if you saw the pre-match interviews when Phil Neville said their team motto was to be badass yeah. and the USA girls were like oh our, t- our team motto is to be the first and second best team in the world that tea celebration as well really annoyed the English people didn't it it really did I didn't think that uh, to be honest I saw more people outraged rather than actual out- outraged by the reaction rather than outraged mm. by the actual celebration but uh, yeah it really did annoy them I saw someone tweet uh, something ridiculous like you know we can sip our tea while you kill your children <laughs> I was like Jesus Christ that's a bit hardcore it was a bit right. dramatic um, there's an Irish involvement as well in the final tomorrow night because Michelle O'Neill yeah Michelle O'Neill is going to be the assistant referee that's fantastic uh, it's unreal it's unreal to see like I mean I've seen her at um, a few League of Ireland games and she's been unreal and she was in she's been in VAR a couple of times mm-hmm. but um, apparently she wasn't expecting it at all actually this is her first kind of big time she yeah. was a lines woman for the first game but not assistant mm-hmm. um, so this time now she's, she's going to be out but it's unreal for Michelle O'Neill I think it's inspiring like I know no one wants to be a referee and mm-hmm. I know we know that a lot but I think it's inspiring for girls to see that if you're not good on the pitch you can have some other influence in the game mm. as well and speaking of um, kind of legacy issues I mean like is this World Cup and the coverage that it's gotten because it's been wall-to-wall coverage for mm. the, the first time is it going to result in improved um, uh, amounts of like young girls taking up the sport do you think? Hopefully but I think it like we have to kind of be prepared now like I mean I was looking online and a lot of like the teams say like the Arsenals and the Man Cities and things like that they weren't kind of pushing their team out there you know they were mm. still kind of talking about you know transfers you know different things like that occurring and I think a lot of people were frustrated that we couldn't get easy access to like season tickets you know and different things like that but I think what a lot of people don't understand is one, a lot of your Premier League favourites do have a women's team so it's quite easy to kind of link up in that regard but also you just as well have it on your back door like we have Cork City here obviously near next door neighbours um, and we have a lot of outlets to support the women's game and what we do see is a lot of people will turn up for a big final mm. but a lot of people don't turn out in for semi-finals quarters and things like that and I think hopefully now with the wall-to-wall coverage that this, this World Cup got we can now you know go to our local games support the local girls and even support our Premier League kind of counterparts if you know you want to go to an Arsenal game the Arsenal women's game is on probably the Saturday before the big men's game so you can probably make your way down as well if necessary you know um, but hopefully anyways it's, it's, it's the start of something and I hope now you know that the likes of the FAI and um, the FA over in England that they get on board and they start pushing that women's game I suppose more and more and I know a lot of people will say oh but it's terrible I don't want to watch it you don't have to watch it nobody's forcing you to watch it but it's giving someone else the option of watching it is what, I, what I'm mm. more impressed by Alright score prediction for tomorrow night I think I think Alex Morgan will finish probably with a golden boot mm-hmm. and I think the score prediction will be I think they'll hold them to nil all until 90, 90 minutes and then it'll be it'll be about 2-0 probably the USA will just grind it up a bit Alright uh, the John Redden podcast is available on redextra.ie season 1 we're is 8 episodes long and that's where yeah, we're coming back soon we're coming back yes we have a good lineup now coming up we've just interviewed Mark Trasney Kallig I have a couple of sports psychologists coming in just to give myself mm-hmm. and Rory and all heads up on what's going on here <laughs> sports psychologists I need it's more, more that we need and uh, yeah I have some good guests lined up so uh, yeah I can't wait to get back in the studio with you yeah, that'll be on uh, on Red Extra in a couple of weeks' time. So uh, check in for that. John, pleasure having you in. Thanks very much. Thank and you very much.
Yeah, always a pleasure chatting to Joanna Reardon. Um, don't think I've ever met anyone so enthusiastic and knowledgeable uh, about sport, and uh, we certainly are looking forward uh, to the uh, World Cup final uh, taking place tomorrow, USA, Netherlands, at 4 pm, uh, the kickoff time for that one. All right, uh, it finished in the Tyrone uh, Cavan game, Tyrone 120, Cavan 7 points was how that finished uh, and uh, if you haven't heard the score uh, the Cork footballers have had a comfortable win over Leash 14 point win 420 to 115 was how it stands Kiran is uh, just uh, getting post-match audio as we speak we'll hopefully get it in just before uh, 7 o'clock but if we don't uh, we will have it on the big red bench um, tomorrow from 6pm um, Alright, uh, going to wrap up the today's uh, action at Le Hinge today and one incredible round, Dennis Kerwin was there for us 20,000 crowd at Le Hinge witnessed an outstanding course record round of 60 from England's Robert Rock that moved him into the outright lead on 13 under par after the third round of the Dubai Duty Free Irish Open Rock birdied his last 6 holes and carded an extraordinary 11 birdies and just a single bogey but he's still only one shot clear of Spain's Rafael Cabrera Bale and England's Eddie Pepperell who shot 63 and 66 respectively Xander Lombard's 11 under with Andy Sullivan and Bern Feesberger also well placed on 10 under par Cormac Sharp from Ard Glasson County Down has given himself a realistic chance of landing his home open. He's nine under par after an excellent 66. Robin Dawson is next best of the Irish. The Tremorman moved up to seven under par with his brilliant 64. Shane Larry shot 70. He's two under par, while Podrick Harrington and Seamus Power are both well back on one under. So, 42-year-old Robert Rock, the man who lost out to Shane Larry in a playoff for the Irish Open at Baltray in 2009 and also finished second at Carton House in 2013, will have an other opportunity tomorrow to finally claim the Irish Open title. At the 2019 Dubai Duty Free Irish Open at Lahinch with McGurksGolf.com for in-store club fitting with the most advanced trackman technology. I'm Dennis Kerwin. Yeah, certainly a fantastic day uh, today for uh, Robert Rock. Inches away as well from 59, just going uh, to the left uh, with his last put on 18, but an incredible round uh, from him. I'm uh, going to hear from him uh, briefly now. He's been speaking to Sky Sports. Yeah, delighted. It was um, it was a f- fun day, actually. I was enjoying playing with Grant. He played really well, actually, and, and that helped. Uh, he made, some, made quite a lot of birdies early on, and it helped see see that they were possible and, and then I started putting really good and, and then I mean the finish was a bit a bit much really I mean I had a really long putt on 17 and then when I was walking to the second shot on 18 I had a little look at what the par was because I kind of forgot and realised it was an eagle for 59 which your opportunities to do that don't come hardly at all really that's my first chance I've ever had to do it um it's disappointing not to, but same 60 is a great score. It's my best score, um, and I played rubbish so far this year. So just delighted to play better. So you weren't really aware of that magical number until 18. No, not completely unaware. I didn't think come out. I thought it was seven, I thought it was eight, eight under, maybe nine under. I wasn't really adding it up because because uh, some of the long putts were going in, they felt like bonuses, and it didn't really feel like a actual birdie it was just a bit of fun so when you're in that moment though when the birdies are dropping and clearly you're putting together a very special round how do you try not think about it to that extent and just re- it sounds a cliche but really stay in the moment that's really difficult because um i felt myself tying up a little bit on the par three and i didn't hit a great shot there probably swung at that a little too softly and steered it a bit and then similar to the second shot on 17 and 
face with a lock, a sort of 60 foot putt with about three different breaks in it and I got over it and thought it'd be very easy just to try and lag this up and I thought just hit it and I hit it flush out the middle of the putter and it kind of hugged the ground all the way there and once it was sort of 20 foot away I thought that's it so that's the thing you've got to try and do is to let yourself play good when you are and I've not been great at that but that was a nice moment to actually ease off and just hit the button it was a tough putt actually I mean I've been delighted with the two putt but yeah, it's Robert Rock there cool as you like after that incredible round uh, could have been a, even a 59 but a 60 certainly nothing to be sniffed at at uh, Le Hinch uh, going to hear from uh, Robin Dawson uh, we heard uh, him mentioned there in Dennis's um, round up he shot a superb round of 64 today 6 under par round he's now on 7 under par heading into the final day 6 off the, the leader Robert Rock uh, and this is him speaking after his round today you made a 15 foot putt to make the cut it's an amazing feeling to have what you've done, done what you've done today what's the first thing going through your mind right now after your round um, I, I suppose I'm just really happy where my game's at um, that's what I've been working hard on my game the last few months and it's nice to actually see results pay off um, so yeah it's just kind of content with my game more so than anything when you come into this obviously early tea time in the third round it's a Rolex event it's an Irish Open it's 7 million dollars do you think about you know possibilities when you go out and then shoot 64 Um not, not really when I'm on the course I'm kind of in my own little world a little but but it does yeah you do think about it at night course you do And um, but when I'm on the course no I kind of just have good fun with my caddy Peter O'Keefe so keep on doing that nice front nine tidy because the front nine is tough two birdies get out mm. in 32 um, I mean what were you feeling at that stage just just have a nice solid back nine and not, not make the, the four birdies four more birdies um, no not really I kind of just taking it one shot at a time I, th- I thought the pins were a little tough and then Kind of when I actually got out there, and to be honest, the rain has actually helped the course a lot to soften it up, and it's going to be—I'd say there'll be a good few birdies because there is chances coming in there. So, yeah. Nine months into your professional career, um, you had a good week last week for three rounds, and obviously it's a learning experience. Do you take all of that into a round like that today? And there's obviously been reversals over the past nine months since you turned pro. And did you use them today to kind of keep yourself in the right place, headwise? no, not really. It's kind of nice to be playing here in Lynch. You know, I know the golf course, so there's comfort in that as well. Um, but yeah, of course, there is professional golf. There's going to be lots of ups and downs, and I'm prepared for that and take whatever comes on the chin. When you made the 15 foot putt to make the cut, were you aware, like, gosh, this is. Or were you, you weren't sweating really on one under. You must have known you'd made it. Well, if, I'd be lying if I wasn't. If I didn't tell you, I was only trying to two put it from about 15 feet, not actually all the things. So I'm actually very lucky to be even here. Um, but yeah, with, yeah. That was because you thought the cut was going to be level par and because it was one under and you, did, you made it with no room to spare. Well, well, it actually went to one over, so I actually thought I had a couple of shots to, to spare and then I think a couple of lads made a few birdies coming in, which kind of changed it very quickly. Just finally, Robin, because of last season as an amateur, you got into the world's top ten. Number six was your, your highest world amateur ranking. You were runner-up in the European amateur. Obviously, you got to the amateur championship final. Is this kind of what you spec- expect of yourself now at this relatively early point in your pro career, but still, you've learned a lot since then? Yeah, of course. I've my expectations for myself. So um, yeah, definitely. I thought I'm after getting off to a bit of a slow start to my pro career, but this is kind of kind of giving me a lot of confidence this week playing with the on the main tour. So it's, I'm really enjoying it. The crowds are great out there as well. So um, yeah, it's it's good, good fun. And finally, tomorrow late tea time in a big event on the European tour. What does that kind of do for you in terms of obviously your confidence in your career? 
Well, I'm going to enjoy the lie-in first anyway, and I'll see you with the late tea time then. Um, yeah, it's Robin Dawson there speaking after his superb round 64 today, 6 under. Uh, it's moved to 7 under in total. Um, not the best today's are for uh, Shane Lowry. Uh, going to hear from him. He's uh, hoping for a good round tomorrow. Now, now it's kind of try to achieve a good score tomorrow, gain a bit of momentum going into Port Rush, and I'll have a, f- a few days off tomorrow or next week, but. Uh, you know, maybe get for some games out in Port Marnock and some places around Dublin to get um, to keep the links golf going and uh, head up to Port Rush and see what I can do up there. And this is uh, Shane speaking about Robin Dawson. I was at a uh, Dubai duty free dinner last night and uh, Robin was sitting uh, Robin at the table. Robin, I said to him and Cormac, I said, "Where are you playing next week, lads?" And Robin just turned and playing in Scotland, and I was like, "All right, fair enough for him." So he's a great chance of uh, you know having a good week this week and obviously getting himself into Scotland but more importantly you know giving himself a chance to win the tournament I hope hope the weather gets you know stays like this and maybe hopefully the wind picks up and he won't be won't be too far off the league going into tomorrow but uh, it'd be nice for the tournament if one of the lads had a, had a good chance tomorrow you know you know this is up there the biggest tournaments these lads have ever played in so um, you know it's great to see them performing at such a high level and I really feel like we need to get a few more paddies out on the European Tour and uh you know, hopefully those lads can, can do the business tomorrow. Yes, Shane Lowry there speaking after his third round at the Irish Open. Looking forward to another cracking day's golf and course. It looks fantastic as well. And uh, a good test as well ahead of the, uh, the Open uh, next week. All right, that's pretty much it from us. I didn't get a chance to get a uh, reaction to you from uh, Turles, but that means we'll have it all on tomorrow evening show at 6pm. We are going to hear from uh, Paul Kerrigan, Ronan McCarthy and Brian Hurley on tomorrow evening show. So tune into that at uh, 6pm. And we'll also have reaction from Mullingar, Cork taking on Westmead tomorrow. Uh, at 3pm so we'll have reaction from that and hopefully we're celebrating uh, another Cork win also on tomorrow evening show going to talk to um, uh, Cork motor racing driver Luke Allen about his uh, impressive career uh, he's racing in Asia at the moment so we're going to talk to him uh, about that as well so that's on tomorrow evening show 6-7 to 7 on the Big Red Bench thanks very much indeed for tuning our way we are back tomorrow at 6 Stevie's up next with the block party follow us on Big Red Bench uh, Twitter at Big Red Bench enjoy the rest of your Saturday night folks the Big Red Bench. Saturday and Sunday from 6 p.m. Corks Red FM.